I'm going to just speak quickly about hope. Hallelujah. I, there are days where the Lord just tell me, go and speak. There are days where he asked me to make some notes. So there are days I come without my notebook. <laughs> Hallelujah. And we're going to take the scripture in the book of Romans chapter number four. Romans chapter number four, we're going to read from verse 18. Romans chapter number four, we want to read from verse 18. And we're going to stop at verse 23. So we'll read the. Okay, let me see if we can start in a better place. Hallelujah. So that we may just catch. And you know what? Maybe. Maybe let's start from verse 15. Let's start. Okay. He said, because the Lord brings about wrath, for, the, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it's written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist, as though they did. Who contrary to hope, in hope believed. So that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. And not being weak in his faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And being, feel, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for the sake, for his sake alone, that, was, that it was imputed to him. But also for us, it shall be imputed to us who believe in him. Who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Who was delivered up because of our offense and was raised because of our justification. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
This is the story of Abraham. We understand that Abraham was called to go to a land which he will later inherit. But also we understand that when Abraham got the call, we understand that it was not easy for Abraham, but he did believe. Hallelujah. Abraham believed God. But how will somebody believe a God that he does not know? Because when God called Abraham, Abraham didn't know God. For your own understanding, let me submit to you that Abraham was an idol worshiper when God called him. It means Abraham was busy in the shrine of his father, according to biblical historian. They say that Abraham's father was making idols, crafting them. And uh, people were getting it and worshipping those idols. So Abraham was about 75 years old. So probably he, has, he had helped help his father craft those idols. And while they were busy in the, in the shrine, God showed up. Abraham did not call God. God came to Abraham. We have made these things so difficult that we are falling into religion. If we are not careful, the art of seeking God can lead us to religion. Because although God comes on demand, it means when you put a demand on him and we ask him, Exodus 3, he said, I've heard the cry of my people. They had an invitation and he came. But sometimes God comes out of his own grace. Abraham did not call upon him. But God had a plan. He came and called Abraham. And Abraham, without knowing the one that is calling him, that's what was a miracle. Without knowing the one was called, that was calling him, Abraham believed him. Hallelujah. The Bible says, the promise was given to him, not according to the law, but according to faith. Meaning Abraham was not righteous when God called him. But righteousness was imputed to him because of his faith. So, righteousness is a byproduct of faith. Hallelujah. Righteousness is a byproduct of faith. Righteousness is not a product of doing. It's a product of faith. Now, out of receiving righteousness, we, we walk a righteous life. So, what I'm trying to tell you, we are not walking a righteous life to be righteous. We are walking a righteous life because we are righteous. I don't know if you tell what I'm saying. No man can please God by his own effort. Hallelujah. You can please him by grace. The problem that we are having is that once the devil gets you at a place of guilt, you take your eyes off. Of Jesus. Because it becomes about what you are doing and what you are not doing. 
And uh, uh, let me tell you something. The, the, the danger in that is that the more you try to please God, the more you go down. Because Bible says, by the deeds of the flesh, no man shall be justified. And when the enemy comes at you, he will throw your works in front of you, showing you that you have shortcomings in your life. And the first thing that comes out of your mouth is about yourself. Abraham wouldn't be able to follow God if he put his eyes on himself. Because Abraham was not a righteous man when God met him. But his faith in God turned him into a righteous man. So, so let's reflect a bit. What is this faith we're talking about before we get to hope? The book of 1 Corinthians 13, 13 tells us, now these three things remain. And what are those three things that will remain? It talks about faith, hope, and love. And then when we go to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, we realize something. It says, faith, now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of the things that are not seen. Hallelujah. Faith is the substance of the thing hoped for. Hallelujah. So, the substance of faith, of the substance of hope, is faith. He said, faith is a, faith is what? Faith is a substance. Now, what is a substance? What is substance? A substance is something that a thing is made of. Amen? It is a substance. So he said, faith is a substance of hope. Meaning, you cannot have hope if you don't have faith. It's not possible. You cannot have hope if you don't have faith. Because you cannot have hope for your future if you don't know how to handle today. If you don't know how to handle today, your hope rests on nothing. Because what tells you that tomorrow will not be like today? So what is, what is faith then? What is faith? Faith is a strong reliance on God, knowing that whatever God says is true. That's faith. Strong reliance on God, knowing that whatever God says is true. So if I know what God says is true, then I don't need to be in despair today because I know that what he said is true. So I handle my days on the truth, on the basis of the truth of the word of God. Looking into my tomorrow, knowing that if he done it today, he will do it tomorrow. So when I'm in faith, I am in the now. That's why I would say, now faith is. Faith is in the now. Faith is not in the tomorrow. So when you acquire faith in the now, you can start to celebrate the tomorrow. But if you don't acquire faith today, you will cry for tomorrow. So you, you rely on God. Man, you rely on God. You know that whatever God says is true. 
Hallelujah. You rely on him and, and, and you have your faith rested on that rock. Amen. Hallelujah. So when God asks you to do something today, you have boldness to do it because you know what he says is true. Do we believe God? Do we believe God? Do you have faith in God? Do we have faith in God? Do you know that God says it's not by your works but by your faith? Do you believe that? So why don't you believe that today is good? The same God that made you a promise is working with you today. But we fail to see the today because we are focusing on the tomorrow. Now, that was the key of Abraham. I'm coming to Romans chapter number 4. Bible says, in the face of God in whom he believed. Now, there are two keys in the faith of Abraham. The first key is found in verse 17. Put me the verse 17. The first key of the faith is found in verse 17. Put verse 17. Romans 4, 17. He said, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him whom he believed, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. <laughs> Look, it was said to Abraham that he believed so much in God because he knew that God was able to give life to the dead. Hallelujah. Now, the faith of Abraham was a progressive faith. It was a progressive faith. It was not a stagnant faith. The first faith of Abraham caused him to move from his land. Hallelujah. Now, when he moved from his land, he had to be tested a bit bit deeper. And God asked him to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Abraham knew the one that called me in the darkness knows everything. So if he asks me to sacrifice my son, it's because he has a plan. So sacrificing the son was an act of faith. But listen to me. The Bible says he knew that God was the one that gave life to the dead. So when he was sacrificing Isaac, he knew it was not the end. That's why if you read Genesis 2, uh, 22, when he was going to the mountain, he said to the people, you stay here, me and the boy will go to worship and then we will come back. Yeah. Yeah. He has told them we will come back while he knew he was going to kill Isaac. How will Isaac come back when Isaac is dead? So Abraham believed in resurrection. Oh yes. Abraham knew that this is not the end of the story. I offered him as a burnt offering to God. But when he's burnt and it's ashes, and out of those ash, God can create Isaac again. Come on now. So Abraham knew that when, when, I, when I offer him in sacrifice, you know sacrifice, there was a fire, the wood and fire. So the sacrifice was not just to kill him. The sacrifice was also for him to be burnt. But he knew all this and he has told them, me and the boy, we are coming back. So before even he killed the boy, he knew the boy is coming back. Come on, come on. That's what his faith was about. 
A faith that understands that doesn't matter the situation. Nothing can stop me from worshiping God. Because me and the boy, we're coming back. Even when my assignment feels to be dead, me and my assignment, we're coming back. You see, when you have that in your mind, you stop to be desperate and restless. I told you about one of the testimonies of one of my sons that was sick. And I thought I'm going to lose him. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, whose son is this? I said, mine. He said, whose son is this? I said, mine. Third time, whose son is this? I said, yours. Because when God insists, you know you don't give him the right answer. I don't know if somebody hears what I'm saying. When you answer him and you ask him the same question, you know you are not giving the same. That's why when he asked Peter three times, do you love me? Peter has to say, you know it. Because Peter understood somewhere I'm giving the wrong answer. So, so when God keeps on asking you something, know that your first answer does not satisfy you. So I said, yours. He said, let's talk now. He said, between me and you, who loves him? I was wiser this time. I said, you. <laughs> he said, then give him to me. Because you didn't know him before he was born, but I did know him. You didn't know his assignment, but I knew his assignment. And I've given you, I have borrowed him to you. Why do you hold on him as if he was yours? I said, Lord, I'm releasing him into your hands. And this son, that was, that the one standing tall there. <laughs> he, was, he was a baby. I did not know that he would help me in the ministry. Oh, yes. oh. I thought he was dying in that taxi. But God has already seen that a time will come where he will be among the workers of this ministry. And there is greater destiny upon his life than, than that. You see, when something is happening and you don't have a bigger picture, you cry for the smaller picture. So, so we fail sometimes to understand the bigger picture. We fail to understand that, that, that when, when, like Abraham, he said, I'm going to offer Isaac, but I know something bigger is coming out of his sacrifice. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to offer him. It's going to be a burnt offering, but I know something bigger is coming out of this offering. Because you cannot offer something to God and come back the same. Whatever you offer multiplies. So Abraham knew that the principle of multiplication is in the principle of seed. Unless a grain of seed falls to the ground, it stays alone. So he said, let me lay down Isaac. I will say he had faith. Now, before, let's go back, before Isaac was born, we are in Romans 4. The Bible says Abraham was about 100 years old. And God had promised him a child. I believe that he was around 75 when God told him he would have a child. And now 25, 25 years have passed, 24 years have passed, and the child is not there. And people, we can sit here and say hallelujah, amen. But when it comes to that situation, you don't have faith anymore. I don't know. I don't know if you feel like me. Uh, uh, sometime, sometime you say to yourself, until when? I don't know if you have asked yourself that. That you pursue, you pursue an answer that does not come. And that's where worship starts. <laughs> that you come to a place where you feel weak. I don't know if you feel like that sometimes. You feel like I, I'm, I'm unqualified. Lord, Lord, you made a mistake, maybe. I, I, I've, I've been pursuing this dream all my life. It feels that the more I pursue, the further the dream goes. Lord, I've seen some of your boyfriends, but the main thing is not happening. What is the problem? The Bible says, hmm, 
Abraham took his eyes off the condition of his body. But that's not it. It's easy to take your eyes off yourself. But it's not easy to take your eyes off your problem. There's a difference. You can say it's not about me. But it's difficult to take your eyes off the circumstance. It was easy for Abraham to say, I'm fine, but what about his wife? Because you, have, you can convince yourself easily, but what about the person next to you? You see, it's always easy to convince yourself, but it's not easy to let your situation hear your conviction. So Abraham, I would say, he did not consider, he did not waver through unbelief. What did he do? He took his eyes off and then he had grace not to look the deadness of Sarah's womb. So, when Abraham was at that age, even Sarah said, will I again have pleasure when the Lord says she will give birth? She was laughing because at her age, the promise is gone. Oh, I don't know who is listening to me this morning. At her age, the promise was gone. There was no way the promise can be fulfilled. It took God to come from heaven. He didn't send a prophet. He sent himself. He said to Abraham, he said to Abraham, Genesis 18, he said, your wife will have a child. Sarah laughed. She, she laughed. God said, why is Sarah laughing? She said, I didn't. She lied in front of God himself. You, somebody shut yourself up, please. She lied in the presence. Now, it feels like she was supposed to drop dead because she had lied in front of a holy God. Hallelujah. She said, I didn't laugh. God said, you did. She had the audacity. <laughs> but yet, instead of striking her, God extended the hands of mercy. And, and God says, to prove you, <laughs> to prove to you I'm telling the truth, I'm going to give a time frame. Because when I came the first time, I didn't give a time frame. I just said you will have a child. Now, listen, listen to me, listen. There are promises with time frame and there are promises that are timeless. When God gives you a promise the first time, promises are usually timeless. As you go with the Lord, you start to frame it. So God says, next year. You've been waiting for more than 24 years. God comes and says, next year. Even when you laughed, next year. Even when you sin in my presence, next year. And God said, I will prove you wrong. 
because you don't believe me anymore. I will prove to you that there is nothing impossible to me. So the reason why I waited is to bring you to a place where you can't rely on yourself anymore. You can't rely on your womb. You can't rely on your husband's strength. You can't rely on anything except me. I have, you have come to a place where you are finished. And he said, when you are finished, I start. So if you feel like this this morning, rejoice. Because you are coming to an end of yourself. He said, next year, by this time. It was so true that they call, they call him Isaac, son of laughter. So every time she called Isaac, she's reminded of her attitude in God's presence. I saw time she said, Isaac, it's a reminder that I didn't believe God. But look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord has done. And the Bible says that he grew strong instead of growing weak. But why, how did it grow strong? They say it grows strong, giving glory to God. He, he, he understood that, that, that my only option is to rely on God. So instead of putting my eyes on my trouble, I will put my eyes on him and give him glory. Let us offer him the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips. You know, there are some praise that are sacrificial. Yes. Yes. Because those type of praise, when you are doing them, your soul tend not to agree with what your mouth is saying. Come on. Where you feel, I'm not well. But something in you from your spirit that bypasses your soul. He say, what a wonder you are. While your soul is saying something different. It becomes a struggle between the soul and the spirit. And your spirit chooses to offer the sacrifice of praise. In disagreement with your soul. You see, it's not everything that you praise God for that should be something to be praised for. You don't need to only praise God when things are well. Sure. Because God is beyond these things that are happening to you. And let me, let me submit to you that those things are temporary. The thing that you are going through now is temporary. But there is something that is eternal. He has given you life. Life eternal. So your praise does not rest on the fact that you are going through something. Your praises rest on the fact that he has given you something. Hallelujah. Then hope starts to come. The Bible says, against hope. Hey, against hope. So, yeah, I don't know if you get what I'm saying. Against, against hope. In hope, he believed. Amen. What does it mean? There was, no, there was no hope. That situation was hopeless. 
there was no way he could hope. You see, against that fact, he decided to hope. So, so there was no hope, but I will hope. How do you do that? How do you do that? I know when we come to a situation against hope, many of us say it is finished. Many of us say, it is finished. And I heard the testimony of a woman, and I'm not saying to be your, necessarily your testimony. Don't just try to do it, just to do it. It comes from the conviction of the spirit. That woman, her son had an accident. And when she came on the accident scene, he was already dead. Many, many broken bones. And the paramedics have covered him. When she came there, she looked at him. She said, take off the plastic. I said, what for? She said, I want to see him. Take off the plastic. I said, the paramedics, I want you to do me a favor. I said, what for? He said, connect all the machine as if you are, if you is not dead on the scene. Treat him as if he's not dead. They said, ma'am, he's dead. He said, no, please. Do that for me. They had mercy on her. They did everything. And he said, she said, take him to the hospital for me. So they put him in the helicopter. And they put him in the helicopter. And the helicopter lifted. And the paramedic says, when they were in air, they start, the sun started to breathe again. Amen. Started to breathe again. And they took him to the hospital. And by the time we were doing the testimony, he was completing his BA or something. It was in America, in one of the universities. And the woman sat there, she said, I had a boldness to say that because what I saw was contrary to what God told me. And I decided to stay with God, what God told me Although I couldn't see it in the natural, I have to believe and hope in the Lord, knowing that my God, that promise, is faithful. God is not looking for people that can only trust when everything is well. God is not looking for people that can hope when everything is well. He's looking for a generation of people that can come against hope and hope. Against hope in hope. You see, this, this, this shallow Christianity that we are doing, that's what kills us. Happy when everything is well, down when everything is down. We move like the waves of a sea. But there's a place in Christianity. I went to the sea, and I was observing the waves, big waves. And... Uh, the Lord asked me a question. He said, would you swim into this? I said, even there's no wave, I can't. I said, hey, at your age, you can't swim. I was never taught. And don't try to come say, I will teach you now. It's already over. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't drown me out of my destiny. <laughs> Somebody say, if you, if you ever hear that a shark ate me, then it was in my bath. Say, <laughs> so if the shark does not come to my bath, 
he will not eat me. Because when I go to the sea, I know this is theirs, this is mine. You know, they try to swim with sharks. You know, a shark ate him. What were you doing there? Sorry. <laughs> now, now, the point I'm making is this. And the Lord says, but observe carefully the waves. I observe them. And he said, but you know the divers. I said, yes. He said, has ever a diver told you that when he was under the sea, there was waves? I said, no, there can't be waves down there. He says, I want to teach you something. The waves have a soul dimension. If you function from that, this is how your life will be. But if you function from the spirit, there will be a stillness in your, stillness in your spirit. doesn't matter how the waves are here. You are a diver. So, 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 so when you become somebody that goes in deep waters, not further in the water, deep waters, there's the difference. You can go far in the water and you can still meet trouble. But if you go deep, it's calmness. You see, if you function from your spirit, you cannot avoid the waves in your soul, but they will never control you. So you will not live according to the waves on the soul. You will live according to what the spirit tells you. So then you look at the situation, but you will say, it is well with my soul. Why? Because there is hope in the Lord. I came here today to encourage somebody. To tell you that there is hope. And that hope is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You have come to believe in. I didn't come to teach today. I came to encourage somebody. To tell you that doesn't matter what you are going through. It just waves. And waves don't last a lifetime. When the wind sees, the waves also are down. So there will be a time where this wind will stop and the wave will cease. But in between, dive. In between, go deeper. I say in between. If you swim Against the current, it will oppose you. But if you fly above the waves, they can do nothing to you. When you are in a plane and uh, you look at the sea and you see it small and you see like white things on the sea, it waves. But from top, it's like bubbles. Because you are in another realm. And this thing is down in the lower realm. So you can just observe it and wonder, what are these bubbles? Does somebody put soap in the sea? And uh, you don't understand what is going on. But those who are on the beach can see the reality of what is happening. But when you are not on the beach and you are in the plane, you you don't major on the waves. You major even on the beauty of what you see. So even in the trouble, there's the beauty that you can see when you are above. But if you are in the trouble, you don't see that beauty anymore. So when we say magnify the Lord, you don't understand what we are talking about. Because the Bible says that, 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 that perseverance will be produced when you go for trials. Yes. Yes. Doesn't matter what is happening to you. 
look at unto Jesus. I, I know, I know many of us are waiting for the rapture. Because you want to escape. You want to escape. You want to escape. And fly away. But I have news for you. Unless you conquer, you can't fly. Do you think Jesus can take a bunch of losers that can't do anything and then they are gone? Do you think that's the case? That's the case? The Bible says they conquered. Read the book of Hebrews. You will see who are the rapture people. They say they conquered. They, 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 they went. For, listen, they were in Goskin. They, he said they subdued nations. They subdued. They, they are not losers. I refuse. I refuse to be just magal out of this world. I want to go as a conqueror. So when I go there, they say, well done. Good and faithful servants. Well done. Because you resisted sin. Even up to blood. You did not consider your life. But you gave yourself over to God. And God moved in your life. I want a people that will go to heaven with testimony. To say, Lord, you purchased us. With your own blood, you bought us and you made us, you made us a kingdom of priests and kings. I want to tell you, don't despair. I said, don't despair. I said, don't despair. Don't despair. I said, don't despair. Oh. The Lord sent me with this message. Whatever you are going through today, is nothing compared to the glory that has been revealed. Joy in the Lord. I said joy in the Lord. Know that you that called you unto his grace is faithful. There are days in my life where I can't pray. Where I come to the altar of prayer and no word is coming out of my mouth. Where I sit in, in all the tears that are coming because I, shall, I fought short of saying anything. But in those days where I can't say anything, I know Jesus is saying something. And I always keep this in my mind. He knew my failures before He called me, He knew my struggles. Before he called me. Even before I was born, he knew me. So whatever is happening to me now does not surprise him. Yani, he knew me. And in the full knowledge, he yet called me. And he chose me. So when the enemy comes and they say, you are not worthy, I say, tell him, he chose me. When the enemy comes and say, you are, you are failed, say, tell him, he knew it, and yet he called me. He didn't call me so that I can impress him. He called me because he knew me. So my hope is resting on the Lord because he called me. Because he called me. You know the mistake. When God calls us, then say, Lord, what must I do? Lord, Lord, what? No. No. The one that addressed the call knows the plans. Hallelujah.
And I'm not saying that it's an opportunity to sit in laziness. But what I'm trying to tell you is that we have put too much on ourselves that we can't fly anymore. The eagles have been captured. It's not only the state that is captured. <laughs> Christians are captured also. Amen. Hallelujah. You see those big eagles and sitting there and uh, there's nothing stopping them, but their mind stops them with wings and, and then we talk to each other. And see what is happening. Instead of flying. I'm praying today that you may have hope again in the Lord. I say I pray that you may have hope anymore again in the Lord. I don't care how many how long it has taken you to be in despair. This, this morning is your time to arise again. And say, Lord, I'm looking the situation, but I know that you are God. And I know that by your grace I shall prevail because you are God. I pray that God may bless you this morning. That you may be a messenger of hope wherever you go. Hey, say to your brothers, hey, the Lord is good. Hallelujah. Say, the Lord is good. Hey, say, the Lord is good. The Lord is good. You know what? The thing here, here is the thing. The sister gave a testimony. She said she failed her exam many times. But every time she failed, I can imagine the emotions. But she didn't know that on the, what is the day of today? Seventh. On this, huh? On the 7th of August, 2022, she will testify. So while she was failing, God was waiting for a testimony. But because she kept her eyes on the failure, maybe she went down. But there is a day that is written for you. I say there is a day that is written for you. When you are going through the situation, the day will come where you will stand here and you say, I thank my God because I went through it, but I am saved. Lord, you take us through the fire, you take us through the flood, but at the end you send us to the land of plenty. There is a day that is called a day of testimony in your life. I'm here to announce to you that the day is around the, cor- is, is around the corner. You will stand here and testify that I went through hell. I went through the fire. I went through, but my God. But my God. But my God. But my God. Then you can stand and say to the devil, you thought it was over. Oh. You thought it was over. You thought it was over. You see, he thought it was over. When you bury somebody, he thinks it's over. Oh, he thinks it's over. They say, if they have known, they wouldn't crucify the Lord of glory. The messianic key lies in this. They say, beholding the glory that was to come, he endured the cross. So Jesus, when he was going through the cross, he knew there was a day of testimony. So that gave him strength. Doesn't matter what you are going through today. I can tell you, you will testify. I say you will testify. Because the dead can't praise God according to scripture. But he said, I shall not die, but I shall live and declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I say today, let God pick you up. Yes, let God pick you up. Let God pick you up. If I knew, <laughs> if I knew that on the 26th, on the 7th of August 2022, I'll be standing here preaching to that crowd. I wouldn't be depressed when I was young. 
I wouldn't be depressed because I knew with you I would. If I knew that on the 7th of August, my son would be capturing me for camera, I wouldn't worry when he was sick. But I wouldn't. But I didn't know. I didn't, so I was worrying for something. I wasted my energy. I wasted my time. Precious time, I wasted it. And after all these years, I realized it was a waste of time. I'm here to tell you, stop wasting your time. Stop wasting your time with worries, with anxiety. Stop wasting your time because everybody that went through that testified that God is good. So today is a day of celebration. That's why I'm inviting you. I'm inviting you to the worship service so that we can all go on our knees and say, you are worthy, O Lord. Whoa, doesn't matter what happened today. I am blessed. I am blessed. I am more than blessed. And you are more than blessed. You are more than blessed. Hey! We didn't have a place to gather. We were gathering under tents like the Israelites. If I knew that on this day I would stand on a building that is named after this ministry, those days I wouldn't worry. But I didn't know. So I was fighting with flies. When we were coming under the tent, instead of telling them a time is coming, I was trying to get them out when the time was coming. If I, if I knew, my God, if I knew, if, if I knew, if I knew this, if I knew, if I knew. But praise God, now I know. Hallelujah. I know. So when things are going wrong, I know it will be done. I have that confidence in the Lord that it will be done. God has sent me to tell you, your testimony has come. Can we just stand up and give a shout of adoration unto the Lord? Praise! Hallelujah! 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 I want you to do this. Look back through the windows of time. Quickly. And look what we were worrying about a few years ago. And look at now. There was a lady that was pregnant. I told you already in my ministry long ago. She came. She said, my husband left me. But there's nothing anymore. I'm not working. I said, you have a bit of food at home. She said, yes. I said, go and eat. It was a Sunday. She went and ate. Sick, following Sunday, she came. I said, did you get food every day? She said, yes, but my husband is not by. I said, just eat. Yeah. Just go eat. <laughs> huh? It was Mama Taishi. Yeah. Go eat. Then, nine months later, she gave birth. Came with a child, smiling. I said, did you ever lack anything? She said, no, God provided. I said, you see? And then, one day, she came even smiling bigger. I said, what happened? She said, my husband repented. Yeah. He came back. I said, 
If you believe me, you wouldn't struggle. I told you that this thing will happen, but you struggle to believe. Like your child, don't worry. It is done. God has his destiny upon her. She can go on the whole, God will pick her up from there. So what is the problem? saving him. Her daughter was in trouble. And something happened. She's here. And she told me, this is what is happening. At my office here, I walked. I said, there is nothing. I said, there is nothing. There is nothing. Your daughter is coming back to you. After how many years, her daughter came back to her. Because I told her, there is no-. I was walking. I said, there is nothing. Don't tell me about that story. There is nothing. There is nothing. I don't want to hear it. There is nothing. There is nothing. So don't explain to me those stories. There is nothing. You think I'm joking? Ask my wife. Sometimes she explains me things, I just keep quiet. Because for me, there is nothing. So, 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 uh, I don't want to be rude, so I love her. But I know there is nothing. Because I know the plans of God upon her life. Who is devil? There is nothing. Say there is nothing. Ay, 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 there is nothing. Say, I know where I'm going. I know who I'm serving. I hope in the Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. We finish with our service for today. Uh, let's do the offering and the communion, and then we'll go home. And you will be rejoicing today. I say you will be rejoicing today. Yes, even when he plans, somebody plans something negative around you, you know, all this is working for my good. Yes, 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 yes. We're offering. We're not joking, we trust God. And those who come to see me in my office, I can tell you, sometimes when they are talking, I close my eyes. Who has seen that? Those who came to see me. You see, when we are talking, I just close my eyes like this. I say, oh, my dear Lord, what are they talking about? And when you finish, sometimes I talk very quiet. I say, you know what? I'm going to pray for you. When you talk to me, I'm not sleeping. I'm just trying not to get into your story. <laughs> because I don't want to be depressed with you. Because I know what God has said. So when you do that, I do like Jesus in the boat, sleeping. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.